listener production. Okay, here we go. He is ice cool in moments like this. Oh, the big fella runs back into heavy traffic. Look at him go! Oh, he's knocked the headgear off him. This is Footy Talk, Journalist Edition, Adam Peacock here. We're going to talk Origin, an Origin camp at the tension in New South Wales. But Danny Wilder, what else? Yeah, the Shane Flanagan appointment are still people angry at him. Adam Pengelly. Luke Brooks, is he really going to leave the Tigers, Adam? And what about Mitchell Pearce? Can he possibly come back to the Roosters? Surely not. Hmm, surely possibility. Footy Talk, Geno's edition. Adam Peacock alongside Danny Widler, as always. Nine News, Sun Herald. Danny, how's things? Just like I haven't seen you for ages for some reason, but did we do a show? You. Did we do a show last week? It was memorable. Yeah, we did. We did one. Right. Yeah. Great. David Riccio was here. Oh, Ricky Riccio. That's yeah. right. He was here. Anyway, well, today, because Michael Chamis is still climbing off his deathbed, he is good, though, Chammy. We're hearing that he's okay. A colleague of his from the uh, Sydney Morning Herald, Adam Pengelly. How are you, mate? Hey, Adam. Good to be here. Yes, Shamus, I think he's making some improvement, which is good news. It's been a bit hairy for the last five or six weeks, but I think he's feeling a lot better at the moment. Improvement with his health or improvement yes. as a person? Improving his health. And, <laughs> okay. and, and, and he probably needs to make some improvement as a person, too. <laughs> what I'm do you glad reckon? we can bag him still. <laughs> yeah. It's nice to have Adam Pengelly here because he hasn't got an ego, unlike Chammy. <laughs> the good news about Chammy is. And he's is a good bloke. You, you can, yeah, well, you can bag Chammy behind. He's back and to his face. Yes, and same result. Just the same result. It's great. It's great. Um, do you want to talk some golf to start yeah, with? Yeah, quickly. We can. <laughs> we'll make this the golf show. Bugger it. We won't we talk love footy. Now you went to the Masters, didn't you? I did. Been to the Masters and I came back and then I literally had about four or five days at home, Adam, and then straight down to Adelaide for Live Adelaide. So the wife wasn't very happy wow. with me being away for the best part of two or three weeks. Were you one of those guys who threw a tinny on the No, no, or? no. Well, I must say, I found it amusing that I never heard of this guy before, but apparently he's pretty big with the young people. DJ Fisher. Have you heard of him? Fisher? Yeah, I know. Fisher. Okay, so oh, I'm, that, I'm, old, that, I'm old school. Is that the, is an Aussie guy? Yeah, he's an yeah. Aussie guy. Yeah, okay, yeah, I'm yeah. dressed. Of course yeah. I know he, Fisher. He was part of the entertainment, Danny, for the week down there at Live Adelaide. I, I think, yeah. Okay. And on the first day of the tournament, he was on the, the party hole, the watering yeah. hole, and he literally ran out onto the middle of the fairway after Cam Smith hit his tee shot. Yeah. And tried to get Cam Smith to do a shoey in the middle of his round. <laughs> that was Live Adelaide for Mate, you, Adam. <laughs> uh, uh, Fisher, who's a DJ, he was a surfer. He's a bit too loose. Okay. He, he's mates with Mick Fanning and all the cool, okay. coolie kids up there. And Munster's mate, I think, too. Oh, jeez. Yeah. Is he really? <laughs> yeah, I believe, I believe that Munster and some of the Storm boys were with him a couple of years ago. I remember seeing, I remember seeing stuff on Instagram about uh, it. Okay. It looked pretty loose. Yeah, mm. right. So but, you're saying if Queensland win Origin next week, we can see DJ Fisher in the sheds at Suncorp next week. Is that Wednesday what they call him? Yeah, I guess so. So yeah. has, has Munster got a clause in his Storm contract that reads, <laughs> you need to play 20 games a year to activate this clause. You need to stay away from a 5K radius of Fisher <laughs> to activate this clause. <laughs> anyway, he's playing good footy, Cam Great Munster. Footy. You can't argue with what he's doing, although they did get a touch-up uh, against North Queensland recently, Storm. But we will firstly talk about, and we'll get to Origin a bit later, mm. Shane Flanagan. The Dragons. So this took a while. And, guys, I did read in the uh, the Nine Press, it's not Fairfax anymore, but this article from a lawyer about why Shane Flanagan should not mm. coach ever again in the NRL. Why has this fog of uncertainty hung over Shane Flanagan about getting another gig in the NRL for so long? Well, I think, I think there are people out there who don't really like Shane Flanagan. As a person. Well, for that period of time. Mm. Uh, and I think there are some people who are still hurt by all that, who are affected by everything that happened. And I'm not saying that was Shane's fault, 
I'm just saying that whole period of time, some people haven't forgiven him. The Cronulla, uh, the peptides, the salary cap. Whatever, whatever. They yeah. just, they, there's, there's people with a set against him. Uh-huh. I didn't read that story in detail. Mm. It was Darren Kane, is that right? Yes, Darren yeah. Kane, who yeah. does a fortnightly column for the Herald. Now, is it right? Am I, he's a lawyer? Yes, sports and, lawyer, noted sports lawyer. Was he the person who did the investigation into the whole matter for Cronulla? Is that right? He was acting on behalf of Cronulla, I think, for a while back there. So he probably has a lot more knowledge and yes. detail about what went on as yep. opposed to the general layman mm. person. So, yeah. and he, so he He's writing from a position of some authority. Is that You would to have say? to say so, Danny. Yeah. yeah. He was, he was yeah. part of that investigation and part of that period when Cronulla was under under that probe. So he probably has a little bit more knowledge than what, say, other people would have about what happened back then. And look, so Shane Flanagan has done his time for whatever role he played in mm. in those incidents. And I'm, I'm sure that sits hard with him still to this day. But I think as that article from Darren probably pointed out, there are some people who still have a strong opinion about that time and, and Shane. I, I, don't, I don't follow AFL closely at all, mm. right? But is James Hurd, who was, a, who was a coach of Essendon at that time, has he, do you know what's happened? He, is he coaching? He, he left Essendon. He went into an assistant coaching role at GWS for mm-hmm. a while. But there is that, again, fog of uncertainty over his name about what happened. And he he went into a really dark place. Like right. he, he went along the, the lines of maybe hurting himself in a right. no turning back way. Put right, it that okay. way. So I'm not, I don't follow that closely. I'm not sure what happened, whether he's gone for jobs and hasn't got jobs. I don't know. But we know that Shane Flanagan has been employed. Uh, and he's gone for various various mm. jobs, and uh, like for the, for the Bulldogs, they didn't even consider him. Yeah. From what I'm told, how long's too long, Danny? That's the question, right? Like it's mm. we're talking about some really serious indiscretions, yeah. right? Yeah. But yeah. it's a long time ago. We're talking well, nine, ten, eleven years ago, right? And, and Andrew Webster, your colleague, yes. um, wrote along these lines as well. It's a counterbalance the the article on the weekend from the lawyer. Mm. He's written, "Come on, let's all." move on and mm. how long is too long? Essentially that answer. Yeah, my theory, Adam, is, is that Question. He's, he's been registered by the NRL for the last three or four years as an mm. assistant coach. He, we know he was a recruitment manager at the Dragons mm. last year. He's an assistant coach at Manly this year. So if the NRL thinks or deems him fit for purpose to be a registered official as assistant coach, well, what's the distinction between now becoming a head coach? Like surely, surely uh, after maybe serving it's the three look. or four years. Maybe it's the look. Potentially, yeah, potentially. Yeah. And you're in charge of everything. <clears throat> so let, let's not muck around. The head coach is... Oh, they're in the charge. CEO, he, he's the key figure at a club. And, yes. And now he's the, the key figure at one of the biggest brands in rugby league. Mm. So it's a huge job that he's doing. But I guess, look, yeah, as you said, the NRL don't have a problem with it. Mm. So I guess they've moved on. Maybe we have to move on as well. Mm. Um, I'd, I'd imagine there are some individuals around from that Cronulla time who haven't moved on mm. uh, because it was such a – a volatile time and um, such an emotional time. Traumatic for some. Yeah, mm. all of that. Mm. So it was one of the, I mean, what was it called? The darkest day in sport. I mean, mm. for those Cronulla players and people around that that area, it was a very, very difficult time. Mm. Why have the Dragons gone down this path? Oh, they need a steady hand, I think, Adam. At this stage where the club's at at the moment, they need a strong figure to be head coach of that club, a guy who can... I suppose, bring a, a playing group together, mm. can recruit from uh, elsewhere. And we, we know what happened with Jason Riles. They were a long way down the path with Jason Riles. He turned his back on that four-year deal to, to stay at Melbourne and they had to change tack. It's from, from a PR point of view, if you're the Dragons and you identify Jason Riles 
as the number one assistant coach in waiting. You offer him a four-year deal, a huge amount of money. He literally lives down the road from Wynn Stadium in Wollongong and he turns his back on you. It's hard to go to another assistant coach then and say, well, do you want the job? I think that's what the reason they had to change their theory and say, okay, we might need an experienced coach now, given that we think he's the best assistant coach and he still didn't want the job. They got spooked by all that. That's they. Yeah. they there was a there was a part of the the dragons who said we we now need experience, and they got they got really mm. they were surprised by the Jason Roll situation mm. and, and the way that he you know pulled the pin late. Well, it was quite embarrassing, wasn't it, Danny, for the club? Really, no doubt. And you're a dragon, aren't you? Yeah, <laughs> unfortunately, yeah. another yes. one. How many in the media are there? <laughs> a lot of dragons. Ridiculous. <laughs> a lot of dragons. Oh, it's been a tough decade. It's been a tough decade. <laughs> Only a decade. Yeah, 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 probably more. <laughs> it's interesting, I, but I did in the lead up to. Flanagan's appointment, I, I noted that Wayne Bennett was asked about who should be the head coach, mm. uh, given he was their last premiership mm. winner, and, and he went for the young blokes. He didn't vouch yeah, for Flanagan. I, I wouldn't forget, Danny, that he's got a very close association with both Dean Young and Ben yes. Hornby, who were part of that 2010 premiership team. He was going to do a favour for Dean Young, I think, a couple of years ago, and going to camp with Tonga and help mm. them out for, mm. a, for an international. So that just goes to show the relationship between Wayne and some of those old boys he coached at the Dragons. And I, I also wondered then about the relationship between Bennett and Flanagan. Oh, that could be I'm sure it's probably I'm sure it's probably oh, interesting watch. Away over I'm there, just telling you, I'm just, <laughs> I'm just putting it out there. One thing I know is that if the Dragons don't kind of sort themselves out at a level higher than the head coach, I'm talking board here, mm. and I'm talking changing tack mid appointment stage. It's another indication that, man, that it's a lot harder than it needs to be at that club yeah. about directions, about overall philosophy, about all those things that you want to be as a, a club. And you've got people pulling other people in the other direction midstream when you're trying to do something. It's untenable. No doubt it's an issue, but to the Dragons' credit, and I, I was very critical of them for appointing Anthony Griffin and then reappointing him, at least they got this done relatively quickly. Like, you know, we've got, they've got a coach now. Uh, they probably would have liked to have had Riles. I don't know. Do we call him the number two choice? I guess we have to. Riles? Yeah. No, Flanagan. Flanagan. Yeah, yeah well, I he guess, is. I yeah. guess he's their second choice. Mm. But at least the second choice, they did fairly quickly. And, you know, they had to massage a couple of their board well, members. Well, they agreed. Did. They agreed yeah. in the end, Danny. That was in gonna the be, end. That was going to be an issue, wasn't it? But yeah. they, eventually they agreed in the end, which I suppose is some sort of glimmer of hope that they can actually work together and come to some common consensus. But where would they have gone if they didn't go for Flanagan? Well, really? I don't know. Yeah. If they didn't want a, if it, they it, didn't it, want a, if they didn't want a young coach, where would they have gone? So, they would have had to flip back it on Des, maybe. Don't, I didn't. I don't know if Des wanted it. Yeah, I just don't. Checker, know. checker. <laughs> See that? I reckon would have been a good shout. And what put a couple of the other guys in mm -hmm. underneath? Well, he's an he's an impressive coach and an impressive person, Checker, and Michael Checker, and um. He's a strong individual, isn't he? Well, um, he would have been the type of personality that, yeah, there would have been noise. What's this outsider coming into our game, mm. rugby league, to take charge of a team? He would have basically looked those people in the eye and told them, can you get the beat ready to fuck off? <laughs> <laughs> Were you allowed to say that? He would have. He would, he, he's the type of yeah. character who would have just, I, he would actually probably would have, taken that on board and, and loved a little yeah, bit. Yeah. I, 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 I think he would have been a great shout. I feel like he obviously has ambition to be an NRL head coach, but I feel like he probably needs to do maybe two or three years as an assistant at a club somewhere just to get that acceptance from rugby league. People say, okay, you've been immersed in our game full time now for a couple of years, and then he can pounce on his opportunity. 
I think it would have been too hard a call for the Dragons to bring him in from the cold from rugby, rugby union. And I know he's had some experience with Lebanon in the World Cup and a little bit with Robbo at the Roosters, but I reckon if he has two or three years at a club, that's when the, his door might open. Well, I'd like to see you know him there one day, and, and I'd, I'd love to see Eddie Jones there yep. one day. I think that'd Imagine be fun. <laughs> Imagine the fun. <laughs> that would be a gift from heaven for you, Jonas. Would not have the press conference, would you? <laughs> no, it'd, it'd be fantastic as it'd a journalist. Just... Imagine how many little grenades he'd be. He's got <laughs> oh, an endless supply of grenades. It'd be good fun. He's got a munitions factory somewhere ready, and he just gets and picks up some grenades and chucks them over. And yeah, you have that. Have that. Feast on that. There we go. It's good. We good welcome, photo for we us. Welcome, we welcome it. <laughs> hey, quick one, back to that Cronulla thing. Um, it, and we don't want to stir it up, but from a media perspective mm. about that um, peptide scandal, what, what was that like to cover? Okay. How long have you got? Oh, um, how long have we got? <laughs> <laughs> well, I just, I remember when it all happened, the darkest day in sport, and I thought, what the hell is this about? Mm. Where do you start? Mm. Where do you get going on it? What's a peptide? Mm. I didn't know. Yeah. I'd never heard of it. And who's Stephen Dank? Who's the gazelle? The gazelle. Darren Hibbert. The gazelle. I forgot about the gazelle. <laughs> Mate, I still speak to the gazelle. Oh, do you? Yeah, yeah. I, What's I, he doing? I, I've had the occasional you know, chat with him here and there. Gazelling away? I think the last I heard he was either working as a personal trainer in Melbourne or uh, working in a gym in Melbourne. Yeah. Okay. We had to learn a lot of stuff quickly. Uh, had to get uh, involved in these people's lives quickly. I was in very regular touch with Shane Flanagan during mm. that time, Paul Gallen, Wade Graham, uh, other players who are, in, who are impacted by all this and affected by it and part of it. And you got to know them pretty well, pretty quickly. The hard ones initially to get to know were, were, were Stephen Dank. Like I mm. didn't know who he was. Mm. By the end of the, oh, what would you call it, the whole scandal, I was getting selfies from Stephen Dank <laughs> with his cat. You know, like he's saying, show me who his cat is. I, I would have. He's a cat person, was he? I would have. Yeah. Still is. I would have <laughs> hours of conversations with him about football. He'd ring me and want to talk about football. Came to my house. Do you want to talk tactics? Or is, yeah, tactics. Want... How coaches were coaching. All right. I, I didn't get a lot of information out of him about everything that happened. Um, I got the occasional bits here and there where, like, I remember getting the the text messages between himself and James Hurd, mm. which caused a quite a big story in Melbourne. I remember that things like that. I remember I got to the point where when towards the end of it all, when they were, when they were being talked to by Asada, the gazelle, Darren Hibbert asked me to be his support person at the meeting with Asada. <laughs> and I went into the crime commission building mm. uh, in the city. The gazelle turned up that day in a he, – he caught a bus into the city. He got off the bus wearing a short sleeve shirt. I think he had a tie. <laughs> he is carrying an esky. And in the esky, which I didn't know at the time, was an ice cream with peptides in it. So we got into the – got into we went up the lift of the Crime Commission building. I'm going there as his, as his support person <laughs> with a camera in the lift, yeah. which wasn't really cool, I don't think. Uh. And – went to the meeting and I sat in front of the Asada people. Uh, I can't remember their name. I think it was, might've been the head. Uh, yeah. And they looked at me and looked at Darren. He said, well, said what's this guy doing here? Yeah. He said, well, he's my support person. I want him here for the meeting. And they just, <laughs> they weren't happy to say the least. 
And look, we're laughing about it now. It's a serious matter, but I, it was. What are your bosses was, saying about this? Because you're getting a bit close to the story. Did a yarn you? on it. We did a yarn on it. Okay. Mm. They were happy um, to cop that yarn that you're not kind of getting. Well, of- he asked me to do it. He asked me to be there. So we got a yarn interviewing him as he's going in. Are you losing your objectivity because no, you're too close to the no, subject? Like if, if they, if he would have got whatever punishment or whatever happened, well, I'm still reporting on it. Yeah. Mate, I wrote, he knows that. That's, that's, that was part of the, the deal. And he, for some reason, wanted me there. And I still don't know to this day exactly why, mm. um, but I was there. It was, it was one of the weirder experiences I've had as a journalist sitting there in front of the Asada people and he opens the esky and offers them ice cream, which I think had peptides in it. It was weird. It was weird. Could say that. Righto. Where were you at this stage? <laughs> no, I, I didn't have a whole lot to do with it, to, to be perfectly honest, Adam. It was probably just a little bit before my time at the Herald, yeah. but I obviously followed it extremely closely. And it, it just, to me, it just seemed like a really complex story to report on if you're involved in the thick of it like Danny was because yeah. all the legal implications and all the different angles you could have attacked the story from. And I reckon it would have been, well, is it still to this day probably one of the hardest stories you've yeah, on, if absolutely. not the hardest? Absolutely. And look, where it was really difficult was the, the impact it had on people's lives. Yeah. It had on everybody's lives. You know, the, the players who either did or didn't know what was going on, the coach, the trainer, the doctors, the entire club, the, the CEOs, the, it, it impacted them. I, I won't name names, but I had first grade footballers who would call me at all hours of the day or night in tears, mm. not, not knowing what was going on with their lives, saying, can, can you tell us things? We don't know. I don't know if they're getting a lot of intel. Mm. Uh, it was really stressful. Very stressful. Incredible, uh, incredible story. Um, we're going to bring it back to the now, though. Um, <laughs> let's talk about Luke Brooks, eh? Uh, <laughs> just totally change tact. Uh, but this is a weird story in itself within the realm of rugby league and traditional rugby league reporting and uh, following a story that about a player movement. We thought Luke Brooks was going to go not that long ago and then he's played the way he has and improved the way he has through the year mm. and think, oh, he's going to stay. He's going to go. <laughs> he's made the call that he wants to go. Why? How, how has this come about? Oh, I think Luke Brooks just feels like, Adam, he needs a break from the Tigers, if I'm being perfectly honest. I know there's been a lot of reporting about the offer that the Tigers made Luke Brooks. It, it wasn't a two-year deal. The board had actually approved a three-year deal to put to Luke Brooks. I so didn't we, know that. So we're talking a three-year contract, mm. not a two-year deal. Worth, what, what do we, what do we think? Oh, I think worth? it's roughly in the region of close to six per year. Oh, that's good. Which, that's is, which I think is, is pretty decent money. Mm. Probably um, the lowest paid starting halfback in the NRL. But he's is been he up near, near the highest for a long time too. Mm. So that's the, yeah. That's probably where he's looking. But can I ask <laughs> this question? Yeah. Are we absolutely convinced he will leave the Tigers? No. Or well, nothing. Nothing's for certain. Like it, it's it's looking it's looking that way at the moment. But I would still not be surprised if this is just part of a negotiating tactic. Mm-hmm. Okay. And that Luke Brooks might stay at the Tigers. Who's his management? Isaac Moses. Is this a regular Isaac Moses play? <laughs> don't get me started. <laughs> That's an honest question. Well, I don't know. He's um, hard to pin down. I, he doesn't speak to me, so I can't. I can't give oh, you. Is he Chammy's man? I don't think he speaks to Chammy. <laughs> yeah, I wouldn't say that. I don't. Think I think you know. I think he's Reedy's man. <laughs> Reedy. <laughs> Shout but, out to the great Reedy. If if you go through the options, where is he going to end up? Oh, like, there'll be options. honestly. You reckon there'll be options? 
let's be a bit of talk about the Cowboys and maybe moving on Chad Townsend. Mm. They've tried to shoot that down, or Chad Townsend certainly shot that down. He's on on contract the next year. Um, well, the Raiders, I, I asked the Raiders about it because I know they were watching him. Uh, I, again, I think the obstacle is they don't love dealing with his agent. Mm. Um, so that could be a, a problem. Um, the dogs, the dogs, uh, again, they don't love dealing with his agent. Would Brooks and Bert, Burton work though together, Danny? That's that's an issue Good for me. Good question. Yeah. Two left-footed kickers, yeah. both running sort of halves. Yeah. yeah. I don't know if that would work. You'd, w- you'd want one of them to be an organiser, wouldn't you? Yeah. Really? And I, th- yeah. I think Brooks, I think he's probably a, a good running six. Yeah, running six, 100%. Yeah. That's Newcastle? his position. Newcastle. Uh, they they wanted him before, didn't they? Could he work? So he's saying that Hastings and Brooks are going to combine in the halves at well, Newcastle how, after how, being at the Tigers together. Yeah, but how did they, did they get on? Do we remember or? Oh, I think they're okay. Yeah, yeah. Okay. I think I think Jacko was it was defining some of his support for Luke That's Brooks right. last yeah. year when yeah. he was was copying it from all, all quarters over his form and, and whatever else. So maybe like he, he's well, a Joey. Tar- Joey likes him. That's true. Uh, That's true. He, he's been very strong in his um, support of Brooks and from day one, yeah, he mm. was been he's been very strong. So Roosters, <sighs> there's one for you. Yeah, you wouldn't, <laughs> mate. There's a lot going on there, isn't there? What? There's a lot going. I mean. They have stunk it up this year. You can, you can throw year. the roster thing at me again if you want. Yeah, great roster, Danny. <laughs> <laughs> They're going to get rid of half of it. So if you're listening for this little podcast and you missed the uh, summation I gave about three or four weeks ago, I said, Danny says, great roster. And I said, good roster. Not great roster. Great roster. Good roster. Should be doing better. Good roster, half roster, rooster roster. <laughs> <laughs> Correct. They want to get rid of 10 of them. Poor old Connor Watson. He's had an injury all well, year and he's on the chopping block. Are we talking about that now or do you want to talk about that later? That the whole, the roosters and no, this and yeah. yeah. let's go now. Okay, well. No time like the present, Okay, well, I find that weird that, okay, I, I really like Mitchell Pierce, mm. uh, and I've known him for a long time and I've, I've been on his for a better word, a journey with him. You know, I've, I've seen the ups and downs <laughs> with, with with Mitchell Pierce with the microphone next to him the whole time. Basically, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I, I get on Something with him. I, I don't see the benefit for him to join the Roosters, uh, and I don't know why the Roosters want Mitchell Pierce at the age of thirty-four. 34 I think he is. He's got another year on contract with Catalan mm. after this. Uh, he's probably played half a dozen games in 10 months without being disrespectful to Mitchell. I think when he was at Newcastle, I think he knew that was about the end of the NRL for him. Mm. Uh, he had the chance to come back with the Tigers on about 750 a year. Another player, another person they're trying to put in front of Luke Brooks. That's he weird. Had, Just on the Tigers there, right there and then. So they're offering Mitchell Pierce 750. Yep. And Adam said, 600 a year for Luke Brooks, who they know is working this year. Yep. Anyway, carry on. I just, I see, I don't see, like, and then you look at Connor Watson, Mm. and I think, I I know he's had injury. Mm. I I think over the next couple of years, Connor Watson's a better prospect, Mm. potentially as a 14, than Mitchell Pierce. And uh, not being disrespectful to Mitchell, but I just think he, he was a very good player, played the highest level, but I think, at this age and at this time of his life, I don't see why why he should come back, and I don't understand why the Roosters are, are pitching for him. Oh, it's just got to be a utility role. That's 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 all they can possibly be looking at. Surely, like he just play 20, 25 minutes off the bench per game. And I I, I agree with you. I'm still not 100 percent sure why they're going down this path. 
But if he does come back, it's not as a starting seven, surely, in that Roosters no, no, setup. No. It just has to be off the bench in a 14 role. Do the Roosters know why they're in the position that they're in this season? Oh, Do you get the feeling around the club? Uh, no, to be honest, Adam. I think that, I think it's a whole multitude of issues, not just one issue that stands out above the rest. There's clearly things that aren't working. Their halves are not working. They've not struggled all year. They made a decision, what was it, five or six weeks ago now to drop Sam Walker. I think more than that now. Well, yes, it might yeah, be longer. Yeah, yeah. If they had their time, I know he's injured at the moment. But he got injured. Yeah, but that's if, why it's if they the had their ladies. time over again, do you think they make the same call? Well, do you think they let Sam Verrills go if you want to go back in well, time? Sam Verrills is. If you want to go back in time, I think love Brandon Smith. Yeah. But I think that that was a, a signing that has not really worked for them so, so far. So far. So far. I was really shocked that they would let a, a young bloke like Sam Verrills, great character, yes. very good player. Part of a grand final winning side. Scored the first try in the Scored grand the final. Scored the first try, was it 2019? 19, yeah. I, and they're just a good human being mm. and someone that they loved him at that club. Yes. And he loved being there and they let him go. Mm. They said, see, I, I, the same what, way they let Mitchell Pierce go. Yeah. The other question or other thing I want to bring up is that they were very aggressive, the Roosters, uh, a few months ago in the, in the recruitment market. They bought, we know they bought Dom Young from mm -hmm. Newcastle yeah. and they bought Spencer Lenu from the Penrith. Both exciting young prospects, really good players, can have long careers at the Roosters. But all the talk was that the reason they bought those guys is because they're letting Daniel Tupo and Jared Roy Hargreaves go. Yeah. Both of them have since re-signed. Yeah. yeah, which is why we're seeing Adam taking the mickey out of the Roosters saying they're going to lose half their squad now, which they, they might have to lose a Connor Watson. You know, It's crazy. Like, why... With recruitment, you look at it across, and I'm, I'm really a step back from it, just outside looking in. This is across all sports. Isn't the golden rule of recruitment that you try and kind of fix a problem, not create a problem mm. by letting a player go and getting another one in, which seems to have happened a couple of times with the Roosters with some mm. of their recruitment some of their recruitment decisions this season. It's happened for how long at the Tigers, yeah. for instance? Which it's happened how long at the Dragons? And yeah. it's... Yeah, which takes us back to the Mitchell Pierce situation, right? They pushed him out the door, didn't they? Yep. For Cooper Cronk. They, that was a great recruitment decision in the end, wasn't it? Fantastic. Fantastic. Two premierships in a row. And I think if I'm looking into it, I, I, I feel like maybe there's a degree of guilt from the Roosters because Pierce was such a part of their club, mm. 2013 premiership winner. And I feel like maybe that's the only reason. Surely not. An olive branch. I, I, I'm. I'm telling you, Nick Politis really likes Mitchell Pierce. Well, can't he give him a job at one of his car yards instead? <laughs> like you said it. <laughs> so, it's an odd way to make up but, for someone. Well, that's right. And I, I, think, a, I, think Pierce, I think Pierce, I don't know if he needs to be back in the no, NRL. And I think that. How's he going over there in France? Well, I said he's only played, he, I think he's playing okay. He play, plays a really good game now and again. They're not so great. You know, like but he's had injury. He's had injury. Oh, loving it. Yeah, there you go. Mm. No pressure. No. No no people like um, Adam <laughs> annoying him, you know, yeah. chasing him down the street. <laughs> yeah. Into the car, yeah. Can you sell me a car, Mitch? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I'll have the red, white and blue one over there. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> hey, we're off to a break. Origin chat right after this on uh, Footy Talk, Jono's edition. Origin, gents. What are we getting from New South Wales camp? Take us behind the the veil that we see that uh, makes it into written word mm. and spoken word on the news at six o'clock with Danny's big breaking news from Coogee. What's it actually going on? What's the the vibe like? It's tense. 
It's tense. <laughs> right. Okay. It's, more, it's, 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 um, it's different. It's definitely yeah. different. Look, just from a media perspective, which is how we deal with things yeah. on this podcast, things have changed. So we've had a dream run with the Blues for, what, five? Six, six years. Freddie's six been six years. Sensation. 2018 he came in. Where he said everyone is available all the time. Mm. Training, welcome to stay the whole time. Mm. You can take part if you want. Bring your boots. Yeah. Hats off to Freddie for doing that. I'm so grateful that we've had that access Mm. um, Mm. because you don't get that access anywhere else. Mm. It's been scaled back. Um, Like it's not terrible now. No. But I mean, we, for instance, uh, what day is today? Uh, Thursday. Thursday. So yesterday. Yeah, we was training yesterday. Yes. Having fun over there? (laughs) And um, we were asked to leave for the first time. We've never been asked to leave a training session. So- where were they training? Coogee Oval. So public, was, public Oval. <laughs> you just go over the fence. They, so put, they put all the black the black yeah, hoardings around the fence yeah, so you can't, you can't see, see in. in. Yeah, and then you go across the road to one of the high rise yeah. and go yeah. up two levels and stand in the yeah. hallway. An <laughs> athletic bloke like you, Adam, could climb up into the kids' playground and be at the top of the, <laughs> top of the slippery slide and watch. Number four. You know what I mean? So, But, like, it's the first time we've been asked to leave. Um, I don't have a huge issue with it. I feel like, I feel like we've had a pretty good run. Hmm. But – and again, access to players. We got to speak to pretty much everyone yesterday, except for Latrell, mm-hmm. who during the all-person media call was getting a physio session, which was unfortunate for us because <laughs> he was a bloke who we wanted to speak to. <laughs> but there, there's definitely more tension. Oh, absolutely, and it just comes with the territory when you when you're not winning. Like I, I think you go back to what the last four of the last five Origin games they've lost. I shouldn't probably count the last game in 2021 because it was a dead rubber. But mm. they obviously lost the series last year when everyone thought they were going to win it. Mm-hmm. They were poor in game one in Adelaide and lost that. It just, it's what happens. It's what happens. It's Not decisively be- poor. No, will, exactly. And no. that I reckon maybe is where a little bit of the angst or um, tension comes from. Mm. That probably, I'm guessing here, that New South Wales coaching staff think, we actually weren't that poor. We just didn't execute in certain areas. Mm. And we're copping it deluxe like we've been beaten 50 nil. They're angry with themselves though. Um, yeah, yeah. Like I, I, you were there, weren't you, at the, in Adelaide? No, I wasn't. Oh, no. okay. Sorry. I'm going to Brisbane, but sorry, not Adelaide. Okay. Um, Brad Fittler, the, the whole team was in a huddle on mm. the field after the game. Fittler was walking off by himself, fuming. Mm. I, I could, you could, I couldn't see the steam coming. You mm. could feel it. You know, you could feel how angry he was. And the reason they're so angry was because, you don't lose a game with 12 men, no. up against 12 men. When you're leading. When you're leading. And you cop a couple of pretty average tries. Like, I mean, mm. yes, there was some brilliance from Munster, I get it, mm. and, and Lindsay Collins was great catching mm. that ball. Mm. You don't, That's not origin, right? That's no. not That's not what you expect from your origin well, team. Well, Andrew Johns pointed out on the post game straight away. He yeah. said, have a look at Lindsay Collins run past about eight New South Wales yeah. players yes. who are hoping that it gets diffused by, by someone else. Mm. And if anyone could be bothered to go back – and watch the last few minutes. There was a dropout. Do you, have you, do you mm. remember that? Where they, they it was dropped, a, it was a short dropout short from Queensland. Dropout, yeah. They were still behind. So New South Wales are ahead. Yeah, they're playing against twelve men, and Queensland got a dropout, and Queensland retrieved the ball from the dropout, and that turned the game. Mm. And like you that. think if New South Wales get the ball, then they're probably not going to lose. No, not with six or seven minutes to go. You wouldn't think so. You wouldn't think so. Poor old Nico Hines has uh, taken that all pretty hard, and yeah, um, ultimate fall guy. Yeah, it's sort of. I feel like circumstances have worked against him mm. in, a, in a lot of ways. I, I, as I said, I was there, and in the in the sheds afterwards, in the dressing rooms, he didn't want to be there. Mm. He was that upset. 
Yeah. Like, like I'm not saying he was crying or anything, but he was just, you could tell he, he was edgy mm. uh, and he didn't want to do media. And Nico's the most cooperative, yes. easygoing, lovely person to deal with. Mm. Didn't want to be near anyone. Uh, I saw him put his backpack on at one point and walk out. And I thought, hang on, what's with the team manager? I thought he's walking out early. Turns out he was, he said to me later, he was going to go get his uh, manager in or something, mm. something like that. But I've had that vibe that if he could have left, mm. he would have. And and now he's out of the team. And I guess, I guess <laughs> you can walk back from Adelaide Oval yeah. to that team <laughs> hotel. Yeah. And this is a true story. I know it's in another sport, but Mark Bosnich tells the story. 97 Iran, when the Socceroos got beat, yes. he actually walked back to the hotel. He was so angry. He, wow. He, he looked around the dressing room and he goes, Everyone's crying. Everyone's mortified. He, said, he was just angry. Yeah. So he says, stuff this. I'm going to walk back to the hotel, lit a cigar and walk back through, uh, well, that's <laughs> through how the I, I, I felt <laughs> like that with, with Nico. I, I felt he was that angry as well. I, yeah. Angry at himself because, yeah, he missed a tackle. Playing out of position, it can happen. Mm. You know, And it, 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 good players can miss mm. Cameron Munster. Mm. You know, So I don't think we should be blaming him for that. But he took it pretty hard. And yeah, now, yeah, the full guy. Has anyone spoken to him this week? No, I don't think anyone's has, gone has, to he, has, a bit. He, has he spoken since Origin One? I can't remember. So I think um, a couple of print journos spoke to him quickly uh, in the sheds. Yeah, I couldn't get a TV interview yep. out of him. Um, I don't know since whether he has. So yeah, might be a good. Well, he, he played in Melbourne obviously last week. There wouldn't be many journos down in Melbourne who would no. be who'd be chasing mm. Nico Hines after the game. So I think he can bounce back. He's a good enough player. I just I just wonder if the Blues adopt this real siege mentality for uh, game yeah, two. Yeah, is that what this is? I, I I get the feeling that, speaking to a couple of players yesterday, they're relishing the challenge to go up to Suncorp Stadium and try and right the wrong from game one. Mm. And we, we all know that New South Wales has got a terrible record at Suncorp Stadium in the last 10, 15 years, whatever it is. But if there's ever a chance to break that duck, what, it might be next week. What's happening up in Queensland? Oh, just back on that. I've been up there so many times where... <laughs> I, I, you I think thought, we're going to win? We, <laughs> we're we're going to win. And Cameron Smith becomes a halfback and starts throwing cutout part. Running, he starts running faster than Mitchell Moses can run yeah, today. Yeah. They, something happens up there, and they just yeah. do it to us every time. The best one for me is when they wheeled Jonathan Thurston out in the wheelchair on the ground after they won that series. <laughs> that will do it for me. Uh, anything from Camp Queensland? Don't know. What's Sunshine and rainbows uh, up there as yeah. usual. Well, Bill, Billy's happy. He's he's fine. They're all. They're all fine. What did you make of? Uh, is it was Selwyn Cobo dropped or is he injured? See, this is an interesting point you raised, Danny. Because we Ray, sorry, we've got well, New South Wales have got three guys in camp this week who are virtually not going to train. Mm -hmm. We're talking about Latrell Mitchell, Cameron Murray, Liam Martin on very very limited so duties. Bro Freddie's broken his own rule. I you think, have to train early in the week. Well, I think he needs to take the risk to be honest, especially well, with a guy yeah. like Latrell, like because he can change the game and can win you a game. But Billy's looked at Selwyn Cobo and thought, you're not 100% right at the moment. I'm sorry, mate. Xavier Coates is in. So is that dropped? I don't know no. if it's dropped. I don't, I don't know, know if it's okay. dropped. I'm just curious. Like, yeah. Because like, he was great. Yeah, he was awesome. It's just the whole, it's the hard and fast injury rule. I think so. Which takes us back to another rule that the Blues had in first game with the two hooker situations. Mm. Yeah. Well, they've done that the last two years now, Danny. They've had an outside back on the bench or a, or a half. That Stephen Crichton last year, remember, for game one? And they ripped it up for game two when they went to Perth last year and it worked with mm -hmm. Damien Cook and Appy. Mm -hmm. mm -hmm. And then this year, again, Nico Hines on the bench. How was he going to be used? If, mm. if Turbo didn't go down with that concussion or head knock or HIA, would Nico Hines have got on the field in game one? Mm. <laughs> I've got a strong opinion about Damien Cook mm -hmm. that he will be 
elite with the two hooker scenario yeah. because his passing game is the best in the game and running game. Running game is great, yeah. but the way when he's fresh and he's on, and you see it with South, he can throw a thirty-five meter cutout pass through the eye of a needle. Mm. I reckon Reese Robson's not far behind him in that regard. Well, mm. that's a great combo yeah. then, and keep him fresh. And you you want in that last twenty minutes, you look at how clunky New South Wales were in the the. The red zone, mm. if you like, with Queensland. If he comes on those last 20 minutes and he can zip a ball onto a yep. running Mitch Moses, which sets in motion everything outside him, trouble. I would have gone Cook for game one. And I, I think yeah. I, I was I think this has been his best year of form. I was surprised they went with Appy mm. for game one. So it's I don't think that's a huge, huge loss for New South mm. Wales. And I like I like Robson as a player. So and you know, I know we're missing Nathan. It was probably Nathan's worst origin, he's, mm. yeah, he'd admit that, mm. you know, from, from the last game. Mitch Moses is a huge challenge for him, but he does bring speed to the halfback position, doesn't yes. he? and kicks long, probably kicks, better, almost better than anyone in the competition. Kicks beautifully. Defends well. Defends well. I'm, I wouldn't have, I'm not saying in any room would I've dropped Nathan Cleary, mm. but I'm saying Mitchell Moses is a good mm. uh, replacement. Can I ask one question quickly? Quickly. We've got two hookers in the team. Mm. If one of our outside backs goes down with injury or concussion or whatever it might be, Who's replacing them? Adam Pengilly. <laughs> <laughs> you just put an edge back rower in the centre and just <laughs> say for the best. <laughs> Hope for the best. Probably. Hope for the Or you got. Well, that's what Queensland do, isn't it? Yeah, exactly. They put for feeder in the centres and Ben yeah, Hunt and in the centres and it suddenly, still seems to work. Yeah, and they can run <laughs> fast. And, yeah, exactly. Swerve like Steve Rogers. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> uh, last one. Let's end with a good old-fashioned media tiff. <laughs> Inside one family. What on earth is going on with Andrew Jones and Matthew Jones? <laughs> So I guess we have to say that Andrew and Matthew do a radio show uh, on SEN, SEN on a Friday. Nine to 12. What's it called? Um, Morning Glory. Morning, Morning Glory. Glory. Yeah. With, with Andrew Webster, our colleague. And I, I, don't, I don't think Joey's on every week. I think he's rotating in every and out. Every second week, I think, yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, so he's – and I, I've, I think they're <laughs> – I think that from – I'm not that close to this whole situation, but apparently Matthew Johns has been quite pro-Queensland in his views and – praising the likes of Billy Slater. Billy Slater. I know like Cooper played for Melbourne for a long time, so he's got a connection with some of the Queensland, yeah. the Harry Grants. Yes. They're all friendly with the family. Munster. Munster, good friends. So I think he's been singing their praises and Joey's got the shits <laughs> and doesn't <laughs> like it. It's just and stirring up. I, I actually think it's real. I don't think it's this I, – I don't think it's a put on from the – I made a couple of calls today about it and the way it was explained to me is that Andrew's not coming back, whether that's just something that can be changed by the boss of the station in the next couple of weeks after Hutchie. Origin finishes. Yeah. Hutchie. Yeah, I don't know. It's Look, we it's kind of funny, isn't it? Yeah, it is funny. funny. And they're just, it's they're, a family think, feud. Yeah, they're, they're brothers who who stink. So they're the only ones. I reckon he'll – I'm just guessing. I think he'll be back after Origin. He just wants the Origin to blow over. I do think Andrew Johns, if Freddie goes – I think he's got to be in the conversation for coach. Could they both coach together? They they make Who? up and Maddie and Andrew no chance. coach New South Wales together. They kill each other by the time <laughs> camp's over. At least at least Fox might stop having a go at uh, the, the New South Wales mm. Origin coach. You, the funny thing, funny thing I liked about their <laughs> their blue on the day was um, <laughs> you, you know when Andrew made it real personal, he says you played four Origin games for four losses. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's just an easy easy get. Hey, we played no Origin. Games, yeah, I'm not so, saying anything. Yeah. I'm not saying anything. But you'd tell you could tell Joey was fired up when he resorted to that line. Well. If he does quit SEN, and I have worked at SEN 
previously. So have it's, you quit it's a good place. Well? To, I've quit because I'm here. So you're the you're the Joey Johns of this podcast. <laughs> well, lifestyle is a little different, <laughs> but I will say that I yeah I come here to Triple M, so I'll get him across. Or piss off Hutchie even more. <laughs> <laughs> he's a good man, Hutchie. He works hard. And, yeah, he's, like SEN, it's a, it's a good little program, actually. I know we're promoting something else here. I'll, can we keep that in or does that get beeped out like my <laughs> earlier indiscretion as well? But anyway, that was uh, Footy Talk this week, Journo's edition. Adam, you thanks, Adam. Back. Thanks for having us. Appreciate it. coming in. Thank you. Danny, we'll see you when you see you. Lovely to see you, Adam. Cheers, guys. Have a good week. <laughs>